Clubhouse. Welcome to Decorating the Set from Hollywood to Your Home with your hosts, Beth Kushnick and Caroline Daly. Welcome back to another episode of Decorating the Set from Hollywood to Your Home. This is Caroline. Hey, Beth, how are you doing today? I'm good. We're going to be talking about trends today, something that everyone loves. <laughs> well, man, I feel like it has been the fastest year ever. I can't believe that we're already like shooting into February, March. Like this feels so crazy to me. Like I'm still writing 2022 on everything. I feel like I'm not ready for all these new trends. What kind of new trends are you seeing these days? And do we need to follow trends, Beth? Or wh what's your stance on that? Well, as a set decorator, I don't ever follow trends, really. I, I actually work hard not to follow trends. I follow more the character development and, of course, the script. But I'd say that this year, more than ever, more than I've seen in the last few years, the so-called trends seem to be really classic things that have developed out of the pandemic going back to enjoying entertaining and living in your home in a kind of different way, you know? So I'd say it's really good to think about curating your own accessories and developing your personal style. You can do that the way an interior designer does it for their client. You can do it the way a set decorator does it for a character. Who is your character and how do you live in your own home? Using historic references, film references, trends in art, and uh, inspiration from Instagram or from any other social media. I definitely feel like people are starting to enjoy their home again and starting to enjoy those like really specific spaces that we made in our homes for like our hobbies or like our, you know, for homework, little nooks and stuff like that. I feel like people are really trying to like carve out those little areas in their home and making them much more personal. So I see what you're saying about like keeping it personal is the thing that's really going to make you happy versus following whatever trend is that year. If you like a specific trend, Make it your own, you know, personalize it with your own family history, with things that you're drawn to. It's interesting that a certain era is one of our trends that we're going to talk about. You know, actually, the 60s and 70s are so back in style in both fashion and furniture. But I think it's the less poppy, less mod version coming back in rich, dark woods. Things that are available in vintage shops and they're classics that work well in everything else, like brown and cocoa colored furniture, you know, is sort of a new neutral. There are buzzwords around all these trends, but in a way, we're going backwards to what our ancestors lived with in all different <laughs> different times. So you might have like the perfect 60s or 70s sideboard and you think it's, you know... 
looks too antique, but if you put it in a new setting, it can work. I see a lot of a lot of different paint color choices that definitely remind me of the 60s and 70s. I saw pistachio and magenta and all those. I feel like pistachio is just a cleaned up version of avocado green, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really right there. So how would you identify something from the 60s and 70s? If you're at a, at a, at a thrift store and you're like, I really want to look like I'm on trend this year. What are you looking for? How do I know it's a 60s, 70s piece? The 60s and 70s, the wood pieces had some embellishment on them, you know, like a pattern, an applique, like, say, on a sideboard. That's also true of Art Deco, which is always, always, in my opinion, a style that lives. And although they're saying that's another trend this year, it's always in style. It, you know, you uh, see particularly circles and geometrics in the front of sideboards and furniture and smoked glass and lighting and coffee tables. That style, again, works with anything contemporary and anything period. A lot of uh, the furniture that I shopped for on Bridge and Tunnel, which took place in the in the 70s, so we went with uh, the 60s and the 80s, I, I, I found that people who had lived with this furniture for a long time, I'd say an older demographic, were looking to get rid of it, and a younger demographic were looking to acquire it. <laughs> Perfection. Yeah, it really worked. It's really the way to get a vintage piece easily, even in the smallest of accessories or pieces, like your dishware could reflect a period. You know, in the 60s and 70s, it was a style that was adopted in dishware. You could dress a whole table, you know, glassware, dishware, and have that period be displayed in your home. That feels like a really overlooked area, you know, picking out your silverware, your dishes, your cups, your glasses, whatnot. It feels like that's an area that you're right, that it is not as expensive of an investment if you want to hit a trend. It's a great way to start a collection, certain vases from a specific period. I always think of my mother's china, which I have, and there was something so out of character for her when she picked it. It's like the deepest green with a silver rim, and it's all really dark and looks very modern for the 60s. But it was uh, an American-made pattern that still exists. It definitely tells the story. When I think about the furniture that I'm seeing right now, I'm seeing a lot of like very like those cloud couches and those really like squishy kind of comfort driven couches these days. A lot of like kind of curve and softness to it. What are you seeing in that area? Oh, yes, you are. Curves are back. <laughs> both, I don't again, feel like curves should ever really go out of style. They right? never should. <laughs> but both, you know, really in fashion and in decor, it's amazing that at the highest price point, you can see one of those beautiful curved sofas from really classic designers. And then literally at the lowest price point, they're doing a really good imitation. So all things curvy. 
the archways are returning in architecture. Chairs, sofas, benches. Uh, I was looking at some stuff yesterday. Even even like a small end of the bed bench is curved, and nice. they're beautiful and they're kind of sexy, Beth. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Anything that can focus on a little bit of comfort and some, you know, just like meet you where you are kind of feeling where you don't have to be like too stuffy or or perfect with something you can just kind of flop on the couch feels like, yes, that's what that's the trend I need in my life. Well, you know what I would say about them also, they tend to look very custom, you know, if you're looking at lower priced furniture and you see something that's well made and that's curved I would say snap it up because it's usually a piece that appears really custom made. So I know on a lot of the like TikTok or even Instagram, there's a lot of encouragement for all of our homeowners and renters as well to get out there and start DIYing themselves to death. Um, I've seen such gigantic projects being taken on by people that I'm like, where in the world did you get these mad carpentry skills? I like, know. It's really impressive. It is crazy impressive. I mean, the detailed trim work, all of these things that they do that I'm like, I don't know how to do any of this. What would be your advice for people who are wanting to take on some of these DIY projects and, and wanting to hit some trends here, but, you know, are not feeling like, you know, they're Bob Vila themselves? The cool thing about a lot of those TikTokers is that they're women. Absolutely. It's really impressive to see their uh, skills with a buzzsaw. I know, right? They tend to have a couple kids like in like little exercisers and stuff like watching them. It's <laughs> yeah. hilarious. I, I would start really simply with what you know you can easily learn from a video the one project that is easy enough for people to do is if you feel you can handle it physically is peel and stick wallpaper. I'm feeling that so much Beth right now. <laughs> I'm like, I can do this. I really think I can do it. <laughs> peel and stick wallpaper. Even if it's a difficult pattern, you put it up, it's wrong. You peel it off and you stick it up again. It's really doable. You could just do one wall. You could just do a small bathroom and accomplish your goal that way. Speaking of wallpaper, I saw that it is really common for people to be trying to mix and match patterns these days as well. And I feel like that brings in a lot of our different paint ideas and different techniques that I know you've talked about where you can like paint the back of your bookcase, Mm -hmm. like the interior or Or wallpaper it. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people wallpaper like just the one back wall of their closet. So it's sort of like a backdrop to their clothes and their shoes and everything. I think it looks amazing. I know that tech has come a long way in terms of trying to help you out about trying to either like mix or match those patterns and colors. And I came across this app that was called Color Reader Easy. And it's like easy. And it basically like you can, you know, wave your phone over the color of the pillow or the wall or whatever. And it tells you your color matching. It tells you exactly what paint it is, what brand, all those things. I mean, that feels amazingly uh, <laughs> easier than remember we have to like cut a piece of like friggin wall to like go take it to somewhere. Like, I mean, that was like crazy town. So this is so much easier. 
It's a great app. There are limitations to something like that. But if you were really feeling insecure about matching color, and many people do, I'd say that it's a, a really learned skill or like an innate thing. You know, it's it's it, it, it one is or like the a other. talent. Yeah, like like it's, people have like intuition when it comes to what colors yeah. or patterns go together. And man, if you don't have it, I do feel like you should like definitely. This is the time when you want to DM over to Beth on Instagram, <laughs> or you wanna you wanna show some pictures at least to some friends or something. Like you yep. you do need to get some input on like do these things seem like they flow together. I'm of the ilk of uh, it's an innate thing that I feel both very drawn to, I always have, and I really feel solid in my ability to match a color exactly. So, yes, DM your questions. You know, I'm working on a private client and we're designing a rug and having it made. And a fascinating thing is that the rug company is coming to us with 1,200 color samples. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to be in a situation of picking from 1,200 different colors. And as much as it thrills me, I think I could do it if it were 200. But it's going to be a really interesting experience, something I've never done before daunting i mean i i assume on a task like that i mean what you're doing is basically figuring out what you don't want for a a vast majority of that picking yes and then getting it down to a small number right or exactly based on the fabric swatches and the paint swatches and wallpaper swatches sort of what works with them What's your take on adding in things like a floral pattern when you have, you know, herringbone floors or you have like a chevron pattern on your wall for, um, you know, your trim work? I'm what, all for it. All is it okay? For like, it. Tell us. Give us yes. some courage here. Well, I think I, I really want to push you all because it's not big mistakes when you make them. There's floral patterns in everything. Linens and shower curtains and, you know, window curtains and even refrigerator covers now come you can have your whole refrigerator be a floral pattern try not to mix too many patterns but bringing a floral pattern in it is not always that like feminine thing that you think about because there are some beautiful floral wallpapers that are subtle and it's like decorating with nature i definitely feel like there's something about like more like greenery I don't mm-hmm. know what to call it. Tell me what. Give me the right words because I think when people think floral, they only think flowers. No, and I love to decorate with things like ferns and the trailing type plants and stuff like that that have that are all different shades of green, really, and they're just that sort of very neutral nature, you know, mm-hmm. vibe that you get with that. And you'll see a lot of those now. There are so many choices in wallpaper and fabrics, and they can be really subtle like leaf print, uh, or they can be really bold. You know, there's a a famous wallpaper that's, you know, a big banana leaf. And Mm. some people choose that to do an entire room in. You know, there are varying degrees. I, I think when you're dealing with patterns, the most important thing to really focus on is scale. 
When you're looking at a little swatch, it's going to look different on your sofa. When you're looking at a little sample, it's going to look different on your wall. The issue is really about scale. Think about what size the room is, what size your furniture is, and try to stay within the same confines. That's challenging to understand the proportions and kind of get the ratio when you're looking at such a small sample. How do you visualize what a giant banana leaf is going to look like when you have like the stock sample? (laughs) (laughs) Well, sometimes you can buy one roll when it's wallpaper. Sometimes you can get more than one sample and put it together. If you're looking at an investment, say in bed linens, just buy a pillowcase, you know? Just buy a pillowcase and you'll know right away if that's what you like. That is a very good tip because that is a very small investment compared to what you'd be making in the rest of it. I really love those kind of like botanical prints. That's where I'm being drawn these days. I'm seeing a lot of like that peel and stick that they're encouraging you to do, not just for wallpaper, but for appliances. Like your, you know, if you have an mm-hmm. old rusty looking fridge or, or, or a color of a, your dishwasher you hate, they have all that peel and stick now that you can put on it. And I really, I'm really into like the botanical prints for the kitchen. It feels very like herbal and I don't know, natural. I don't yeah, know if that sounds yeah, funny. It's, I, I mean, it's a style that I love. I used it in the famous Alicia's apartment. Her dining room had a series of botanical prints that were from the New York Botanical Society. They're really classic and they're subtle. You know, that's yeah. the thing. It's subtle and you can deal with more than one. They look like just nature, you know, just a little bit of nature in your interior. It doesn't like accost your eyes, you know, like even if there's a lot of botanical print around you, it's not the kind of thing where you're like, oh, like there's some things about geometric shapes and stuff that can make you like, it's like an optical illusion feeling. But see, you know, the florals that are available are as subtle as botanicals or some people like huge photorealism wallpaper that's big cabbage roses even though I sort of dream about that, um, yeah. I, I, I don't know if I could live with that. I think when you're making this investment in any of these styles, it's about longevity. If you're redoing your bathroom or your kitchen, think, am I going to like this in 10 years from now? That's the way to think about it when you're making a small investment or a big investment. One of the things that I feel like I've seen people do is take those wallpaper sticks and stick them onto like canvas and create like a large piece of art very inexpensively. And that way you can put it up, take it down, you know, as much as you feel like you want it. And you can also have like a much smaller space that the wallpaper is taking up. It's not the entire wall. It's just a large piece of art. Yeah. And if there's a contrast in color or you use the color app to pick out a color in the wallpaper that goes... can be a really well-designed wall. It's so awesome that we have like this high end, like you could spend so much money and do all this complicated wallpaper all the way down to just by one roll. And like, let's start with that and see what we can do with it and, and make small projects out of it. It's the same as our next tip in terms of price range. There's a new trend of returning to entertaining at home. 
It's been long enough. And, yeah, right. Uh, you know? And I feel like the charcuterie board uh, whole world is uh, has taken over everything <laughs> everywhere I'm at. <laughs> it's like it's like we went from like no buffets and no nothing to like let's just put all the food on one plate and everyone and everybody can eat, eat off it. it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's like we're all fine. Just get over everyone's it. blowing out the birthday candles now <laughs> yeah. on the cake. Yeah, you know, having like a twinge of regret after they do it, but then they're saying. Ah, oh, screw it, you know. Right, right, exactly. So, so with people like sitting around dining room tables again, I know that that's bringing some different trends in and chairs and actual like some comfort. Yeah, it's time to feel comfortable again sitting around your dining room table. And if you're going to make any kind of investment, changing the chairs at your dining room table is definitely something that is an investment. There are varied price ranges, but recently I purchased uh, swivel chairs for a client who wanted to have new chairs in their dining room, and they're the most comfortable chairs. You know, look for chairs that hit you in the right place that you want to sit around in. But there's something in this new, relaxing, returning to entertaining at home Sitting in a swivel chair is really nice at a dining table. I feel like having someone compliment your home being comfortable is something that people kind of overlook. I think that when they think about home design, they focus on the visuals in terms of like, I want it aesthetically to be beautiful and striking and I want to make some sort of statement with the look. And then you get there and you're like perched on the edge of their chairs. Like I I have friends who have like all the antiques and I have no idea what I can touch or sit on because it's like everything seems too delicate and fragile and I just don't want trouble, right? Or you sit down at their dining room table and you know, you can't 20 minutes you want to get up, right? You're like, this hurts my back, it hurts my legs, like I'm out of here. I was surprised we had family over a couple months back and we have new dining room chairs. I love them for the aesthetics and I I never really focused on anything else. I really just loved how they looked. I saw them from like across a room. It was when I saw and I was like, I want those. But when the family sat down, one of the comments that someone said was, man, these are so comfortable. And I was surprised at the level of pride I felt for someone complimenting it being comfortable. Yeah. Like I was like, yeah, they are are super comfortable, aren't they? You know, chairs with a little bit of an arm and a supportive back, they can be low. They can have a low back, but if they just hit you at a certain point and don't put a strain on your arms, you can sit for a long time. I always try to look for a dining chair that has a little of that support. As a matter of fact, there's a whole new trend towards emotional support furniture. What is this? (laughs) I knew that you'd ask. Um, It's (laughs) essentially upholstery that one wants to pet. It's about texture. You settle into one of these chairs and you find yourself unable to stroke the upholstery. It's really... You can't stop yourself. No, you you can't stop yourself. That's what all these curvy pieces seem to have the boucle fabric that, you know, feels like lamb's wool. And it's creating that comfort. And in some way, it taps into a calming kind of situation. 
it's very zen, right? It's yeah. very like you're you're petting an animal of some mm-hmm. sort. I know I know I've seen a lot of synthetic fur kind of textures coming back and all different things that people are trying to kind of it feels like trying to warm up a space and trying to make it feel more cozy, more comfortable again. Right, and make ourselves feel better no matter what, you know. Right, we're all John snowing it, wrapping ourselves right. in fur. That's <laughs> so funny. Well, I know that there's, uh, there's other trends that are coming to our bathrooms these days. What are you seeing there? Basically, I think we continue to see modern trends. It's not my preference, but of course there are all these new modern top-of-the-line toilets that do all kinds of wonderful things. And uh, mostly... These, the self-cleaning ones, Beth? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, they're weird. <laughs> <laughs> and mostly in a bathroom, floating vanities, you know, that you okay. can get under and clean and stuff like that. But that immediately creates a modern look. Versus a kitchen trend, it's like a combination now of open shelving and cabinets. I saw the other day really curated kitchens, you know, where people are doing like open shelves and little still lifes on each shelf and they feel very curated and collected and there's something really nice about it. It it seems like very timeless in a way like, I don't know, like an old country store. Yeah, that's funny. My my exact like brain, like as soon as you were starting to talk about it, I was like, it makes me think of like how they have different displays in like a general store. Yes. You know, where you want to put like, you know, like I use like mason jars to like hold mm-hmm. like some of our candies or like I have, you know, different things around that just are like clear glass or open shelves plus closed shelves and stuff like that. Like it's all a, a cool mix of you almost like merchandising, I feel like, is like a hot trend. It is, exactly. It's a hot trend. And, you know, it's a place where you take one antique vase that you had and then let's say you're trying to grow an, uh, a plant from an avocado pit. It's like you see natural elements, you see old-fashioned elements, you see collected elements what I found the most interesting about it, and I'm I'm going to think of this the next time I have an appropriate character and I'm doing a kitchen, it's small moments. And this is a good way of thinking of incorporating trends. You know, your entryway table, you know, the, the console table at the back of the sofa, the kitchen open shelves or the kitchen countertop. It's kind of curating small moments. And that's what we do as set decorators, as interior designers. You know, we initially, I think, do too much. And the best advice is go back and take something away and just create these small moments. Everyone can accomplish that. And I feel like in this time that we're all living in, it's it's important to know that you don't have to have a gigantic budget to make these small yeah. changes in your home. And they really make a big, big difference. Like, I'm surprised. This is funny. This isn't even, like, necessarily a decor thing, but our garage door has been broken for, like, a year. And it drives me crazy. And it's one of those things that just getting that fixed and feeling like I can enter my home without yeah. having to, like, fight with a freaking door. Aren't you feeling like you're moving? 
moving forward. You know, oh, I feel like a million yeah. dollars, Beth. I had no idea <laughs> that getting a new clicker for the door was going mm-hmm. to make me feel like a princess. But suddenly I was like, oh, my home is so grand. I can open the door. Like, it was so funny and weird, but it really affected me a lot. Like, Yeah, just one thing. One Do you know what I did right after one that? One closet, you know? I ended up buying a dresser that I have been stalling on for three years after I fixed the door because I was like, I'm ready. I like, Mm -hmm. I want things to change and I bought the dresser. It's really good. It's really, no, I'm telling you, it's really healthy to purge. I've said before, you know, I, I went through three storage spaces. I've got it down to one. I went through 250 boxes of old job files. I, I, I feel like I taught myself at a specific time in my life had a purge almost, you know, like I couldn't have done this 10 years ago and I don't want to do it 10 years from now, but it's like perfect now. This morning, I just dumped all these old wires and connectors and things I've been saving and I cleaned out a whole drawer and I found some treasures and it's really satisfying. It gives me so much pep in my step to be like, oh, my gosh, like I fixed that and it immediately made me want to buy the dresser. And I was like, finally moving forward. I kind of feel like that's the theme of 2023. Yes. Finally moving forward. Get off the sofa. Yes. (laughs) And finally make those changes that will make you happy. What is your take on this sort of like, I feel like there's pros and cons to this, where some people say they don't make big changes and they don't do bold color and they don't do those things because they're kind of always in this, well, what will the next homeowner want out of this house? So I don't want to do anything too personalized because what will the next homeowner want versus the people who are like, I live here now. If I want hot pink, you know, ceilings, that's what I'm doing. What do you, where do you stand on that? Well, I think if you're getting ready to sell your house or your apartment, don't do it. But everyone knows when they go and look at a place that's for sale that paint can change. You just want to depersonalize it. Maybe you're not going to be able to do that if you've picked a crazy color. But sometimes I think you might inspire the next person who's looking at your home, who never thought about the little jewel box entrance that you have painted a beautiful historic color. Beth, I never considered I could be an inspiration to you the next can. After I all never this time, considered it. Come on. <laughs> I was like, this is my favorite color, mine. It never occurred to me that I'd be like, you're inspired by my favorite color? I love yeah. that. But you're True. right. I mean, little moments like, you know, the powder room or, or creating little vignettes with my furniture and stuff, like just do it, you guys. You will you will feel so much better if you just fix your metaphorical garage door opener. You do not know exactly. what will flow from that. <laughs> and and I will encourage you as the decorator by your side, I will encourage you. Send pictures to Beth and get advice on whether these things flow together or not. Um, I think that's huge. I know, Beth, that you you always have some good takeaways for our listeners. Do you have some uh, takeaways for today's episode? Yes, I do. I think that we should take our inspiration from you today and get up and just do something small, something that's been on your list, something that you want to change in your home, take a risk and work small. It's the best feeling to accomplish something. And I'd say number two, 
don't subscribe to every trend there is, but take small steps. And a lot of these that we've talked about today are classic things, paint, wallpaper. I mean, it may be a little quirky to have a floral refrigerator, but it's temporary and you may love it. And it may be the one thing that describes your character. And uh, and perhaps will propel you to get inspired for your next project. So maybe it's something small like, you know, some sort of sticker on your fridge, but it turns into some sort of whole kitchen reno that you end up embarking on. And third, I'd say use that app uh, for matching color. Use Instagram for inspiration and use me for checking in. If you want an opinion, I'm there for you. I love that so much, Beth. And I know that people are going to start doing these projects. It already feels like whether you're in super cold weather and you're stuck inside and you're just staring at the same furniture and the same walls you've been staring at for years, that might inspire you. Or if you're lucky enough to be somewhere where the sun is starting to peep out, it's starting to feel a little bit like a new day. Like we should try new things. We should be brave here. Especially, I feel like coming out of pandemic times, I really feel like it's time for us to say like, I I want people over. I want to feel proud of my house. I want to feel comfortable and but also energized by my house not it's it's done being like the sleeping bag all the time (laughs) (laughs) it's done serving that everybody living there working there studying there every second of every day and now it gets to go back to a house with some beauty and some organization and bring you pleasure yeah and comfort Comfort. Mm -hmm. Time to bring comfortable back. I can't wait. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Decorating the Set from Hollywood to your home at Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please leave a five-star rating. It helps us promote the show. Five stars, people. Decorating the Set from Hollywood to your home is an original Pod Clubhouse production. Recorded, edited, and produced at Pod Clubhouse Studios. For more information, please visit us online at podclubhouse.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Decorating the Set at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.